I really believe that HSPs are capable of healing themselves. And when they do so, they can use their unique gifts more powerfully to be part of the healing that the world needs. So this three-part series is to support you in doing some self-healing work, reflecting on what nourishes you so that you can go out there and be a Nourish Sensitive. Welcome to the Nourish Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Tarleton, registered dietitian, mind-body nutrition expert, and fellow HSP empath and healer. I help you tap into a deeper sense of nourishment in your life. And using the nine elements of my true nourishment framework that I developed and used on my health and healing journey as a highly sensitive person. At The Nourish Sensitive, we're on a mission to help all highly sensitive humans find a nourishing relationship with food, body, and self, so that sensitive folks feel empowered to use their authentic gifts to be the change they wish to see in this world. So let's jump into today's podcast episode. I hope it helps you feel so nourished. Hey friends, it's Leah at The Nourish Sensitive. I am really excited to be back for this new episode of the podcast. It's been a little bit since I've been on here. I was traveling for the last two weeks of July and just having a blast resting and nourishing myself and just kind of practicing what I preach. I also caught COVID towards the end of July and have just been waiting to come back to the podcast um, until after I healed. I'm still not 100%. You might be able to hear it in my voice. I'm kind of nasally. But lots of new things going on at The Nourish Sensitive this summer. Um, I have been creating a lot, reflecting a lot, sharing some of my thoughts over on Instagram, creating a lot of new content, as well as sending out weekly newsletters. If you haven't joined us on the newsletter yet, I'd love to have you there. And you can sign up on the website and receive a free mindful eating journal when you do. We also recently released the 30 Days of Nourishment Digital Journal Prompts. This is a great resource that I created to help HSPs establish a regular journaling practice. And I've given you a holistic guide based on my nine element framework for nourishment to help you spend less time thinking about what to write and more time actually writing and reflecting over 30 days. If you want the prompts, they're $15 and you can visit the resources page on my site at nourishsensitive.com to buy your digital journal. Today we're going to talk about how to nourish yourself as a highly sensitive person by exploring three more elements of my nine element framework of nourishment. Today's episode expands on episode five, which covered holistic nutrition, element one, emotional health, element two, and embodiment, element three. So if you didn't catch that episode, you might want to start there, but today's episode stands on its own. We're going to dive into some of the more body-based elements of nourishment. So these three are physical fitness and digestive health, and we're also going to explore what it means to live optimally as an HSP. I'll also provide a few reflections for each of the three elements today to help you discover what nourishes you. The intention for this episode and this three-part series exploring the nine elements of my nourishment framework is to try to introduce you to some of the concepts that helped me get where I am on my healing journey as a sensitive person 
and to empower you as a self-healer. I really believe that HSPs are capable of healing themselves, and when they do so, they can use their unique gifts more powerfully to be part of the healing that the world needs. So this three-part series is to support you in doing some self-healing work, reflecting on what nourishes you so that you can go out there and be a nourish sensitive. So let's dive in. The first element that we're going to talk about today is what I call physical fitness. And I know this word probably conjures up a couple of images uh, in terms of what we believe or view fitness as. I used to view physical fitness as only one thing, right? Going to the gym, being lean, um, doing high intensity exercises and killing it, uh, you know, maybe sweating every time I worked out was like something I measured as my physical fitness. The ideas that I used to have in my head were that in order to be physically fit, I had to look a certain way, I had to sweat enough, I had to be lean enough, and I had to work out X number of times a week. The thing is, my view of physical fitness has completely shifted, and it's one of the th one of the reasons that I include it as an element of nourishment is because I really feel like the way that we view physical fitness and the way that we how it is portrayed in the media is not nourishing for us as humans and as highly sensitive humans. How do I define physical fitness in my nourishment framework? Basically, we start with the word fit, and that can be defined in a couple of different ways. So fit means having the requisite qualities or skills to do something, to undertake something. It also can mean suitable and correct according to social standards. In my nourishment framework, I like to use that first definition of fit, having the qualities or skills necessary to undertake something, instead of that part about being correct according to accepted social standards. The key elements of physical fitness uh, in a nourishing framework is this positive self-affirming idea that our bodies don't exist to look a certain way or to fit a particular standard. Our bodies exist to allow us to undertake something, to allow us to function properly and be able to go out and do the things that we like to do. It's not about being lean. It's not about eating clean. It's not about going to the gym every day. It's more life-affirming than that. So physical fitness in my nourishment framework honors movement over exercise, burning calories, intensity, it's also linked to embodiment. So do you feel that you fit in this body of yours? Does it feel like home to you? And physical fitness is linked to self-worth. Have you released the need to fit in in the first place? It's a very self-affirming idea. It's very positive, And it allows us to think differently about how we move our bodies and how our bodies function that goes beyond the typical, you know, fit bro or aggressive ways, masculine ways that we tend to force people to approach fitness. So some key reflections to help you think about your physical fitness and understand if it's nourishing you. The first one is, does my body function in a way that serves the life I want to live? This is an important shift in your mindset that needs to happen from how does my body look? Is it physically fit? To how does my body function? And is that functioning serving the life that 
I'm trying to live and the things that I'm trying to do. The second reflection is how does my definition of fitness differ from the definition that I've been sold or I've been shown is physical fitness? This is a really important reflection because a lot of us have conditioned beliefs and perspectives around what it means to be physically fit that are not necessarily accurate. We have to check our own definitions of fitness within our own bodies and define that for ourselves rather than looking to others or the media to set that standard for us. And the third reflection when it comes to physical fitness is, do I pursue physical fitness because I want to thrive physically or because I want to fit in? If you're trying to be physically fit because you want to fit in, then you're probably gonna go about it in not super nourishing ways, right? Like over-exercising or being really hard on yourself when you quote unquote fall off the ladder or don't go to the gym. But if you look at it differently and you say, do I pursue physical fitness because I want to physically thrive because I have things I wanna do in the world that inspire me and that I'm passionate about and so I take care of my body? Do you see how I'm kind of shifting it there? So a couple of helpful reflections, I hope, to help you think about your physical fitness and how you can have a more nourishing relationship with that area of your life. The second element that we're going to talk about today, this is actually element nine of my framework, but I'm moving it next to physical fitness because it's kind of a physical thing too. Digestive health or gut health, you could call it as well. And this one I know is like huge for HSPs because every time I post about gut health, I get comments, I get DMs, um, I get questions, and a lot of sensitive folks do struggle with their gut. This element has been one that's been really a focus for me presently or recently in my nourishment journey as a highly sensitive person. Before I knew I was a highly sensitive person, I don't think I paid much attention to my gut because I never felt like I had any digestive issues, I never noticed any symptoms. But the interesting thing is as soon as I learned about my trait and started reading more about it and realizing that digestive issues was something that a lot of HSPs struggled with, that's when I started paying more attention and developing some of my own thinking about digestive health. And it's also when I started developing symptoms. So for the last like three months or so, I've been basically dealing with some form of IBS and only recently have started uh, working with a holistic health practitioner to address it. But it's been really interesting going on this journey and really as I've become more embodied as a highly sensitive person needing to go through this process of healing my gut, I feel like it's something a lot of HSPs go through at some point, whether they have a digestive issue like IBS or SIBO or they develop food sensitivities. It's super common in the HSP population. How do I define digestive health in my nourishment framework? For me, digestive health for HSPs is really just about acknowledging how powerful our gut really is. It's this seat of knowledge. It's, very, it's a very complex system, a very dynamic system that helps nourish our bodies, helps get food into our bodies to nourish us and to keep us going and living. Digestive health acknowledges that and acknowledges the power that the gut holds. It is about tuning into the messages that arise from our gut, really listening and trying to notice the patterns in like our symptoms, in our intuition. And it's about acknowledging that our gut holds the key to our power, 
our health and our vitality. When our digestion is good, we think clearer, we have more vitality, we have more energy, we enjoy food more because we're not struggling with uncomfortable bloating and we feel quietly confident. Our immunity is strong, our health is enhanced, and life just feels more flowy. That's what can happen when our gut is in a good place. But when our gut is challenged, we kind of feel like the opposite in every way, right? When we're struggling with digestive issues, our mind tends to be foggy, we're stressed easier, we might feel more insecure, we're anxious. Eating leaves us with a lot of unwanted discomfort to the point where sometimes food doesn't even like feel pleasurable anymore and so we're not feeling nourished by it. And our lifestyle and social interactions can suffer too. We might feel lost, confused, or just like we completely lack flow in our life because our digestive issues are running the show. I would say gut health or digestive health is one of the most important elements of my framework because our personal power is so tied up in our digestive power for the reasons that I just explained. Some of the key elements that I've kind of developed on my journey of thinking about digestive health for HSPs and for my own healing journey, one of the biggest ones that emerged was listening to your gut. I teach this through a little system, a little mnemonic that I developed called the four S's of gut language, which stand for sensation, symptom, sound, and story or intuition. This is a little helpful framework. I've posted about it on Instagram, but the basic idea is that our gut really does speak to us. I know that gets said a lot, like listen to your guts, you know, your gut talks and things like that, but it talks to us in really tangible and actual practical ways, like through symptom, like how we feel, sensations like butterflies in our stomach or stories about what's happening in our life, you know, what we're picking up on in the energetic spheres around us, and sounds, right? Like sounds that emanate from our gut. So the four S's of gut language and listening to your gut is an important element. Gut flow. So the idea that our gut is kind of like a system that, that allows us to flow, that allows food to flow through our body, to get into our bloodstream and flow, and then flow out of us as elimination products. When our gut's in a good place, then we naturally have like a sense of flow, not just physically, but mentally and also spiritually. Digestive health is really important for getting that flow back so that you can function your best um, on all levels of your health. Another important key element of digestive health are symbiosis with our gut and our gut bacteria, and then gut intuition and wisdom, which I think these two really kind of go hand in hand because there's some research and science out there that says that the bacteria that live in our gut are, there's more of them in our gut than there are cells of us in our body. And so there's such a mystery around what is the role of the bacteria that lives in our gut, that lives in our digestive system? How do they communicate with us about our health when they get out of population, when they're growing in strange ways? How does that impact our health? Very interesting stuff. There's even some science to back up this thinking that perhaps our gut bacteria play a role in kind of those gut feelings that we get, the gut intuitions, which is just so cool. I don't actually know the mechanism for that, but if you kind of sit and think about it, it makes sense. The last couple of elements that I think are important for digestive health are understanding the brain-gut connection, how the nervous system interacts with the gut, so kind of stress physiology and digestion. And then also understanding the emotional component of digestive health and how your emotional health impacts your digestive health. 
just a couple of key reflections to help you think about digestive health as an element of nourishment and use it to improve your gut health. So the first reflection is, what personally assaults and victimizes my gut? So this is like, this could be anything, right? Our gut is processing more than food, if you think about it. Places, foods, thoughts, feelings, environmental toxins, fast food, your boss. <laughs> what personally assaults and victimizes your gut? I encourage you to write down a list of these things because that knowledge is power and can help you identify where you need to work on to improve the health of your gut. The second reflection is, over the past week or so, what mood has my gut been in? So just kind of reflect. Um, maybe you could even extend it out a month or think about the last year. But the idea is to ask yourself, what, what's the mood here? Has it been happy? Has it been sad? Has my gut been feeling sluggish, stuck up? Do I feel like I'm flowing well? And just kind of reflect on that and see where you've been presently. Not with judgment or fear, but just taking inventory. And the last reflection is about gut intuition and wisdom. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time that I had a strong gut feeling of just knowing and I followed it? And to follow that up, what did you learn and how did you grow as a result of that? This is such an important element when you're exploring digestive health and you're trying to nourish yourself and heal because your gut is part of what guides you in life and part of what allows you to figure out your next steps. It's like a wonderful uh, sort of inner coach. So knowing and reflecting on these gut feelings that have guided you in life can really help you feel more nourished as a sensitive person. The last element that we're going to talk about today is called optimal lifestyle or optimal living. And this is element six of my nine element framework. Optimal living is not about achieving this perfect ideal of a lifestyle or being an influencer on a tropical beach somewhere. It's not that. Optimal living is really about finding the best or most favorable way of living for you and being empowered by, to choose the things that you want to be involved in and knowing what brings you to life and what supplies you with subsistence that gives you life, right? That gives you vitality, vigor, or energy. And the optimal is what's best or most favorable for you. It's really very self-defined. You know, lifestyle is talked about a lot. We're often, I think, given a cookie cutter set of recommendations, a one size fits all for what's a healthy lifestyle and what's the kind of optimal way of living that can make you feel your best. The way that I look at optimal lifestyle and the way I work with it with my clients, it's not based on this sort of aspirational living or advertising dominant perspective. Optimal living is not about meeting society standard for the life you think you ought to be living or however you want to define success. Optimal living in my framework is about becoming an expression of your truth, your values, and your unique needs as an individual through the way that you live your life and the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So what are some good reflections to help you incorporate optimal living into your life and help you feel more nourished as a sensitive person? The first one is, what empowered choices would I make for my life if Fear, worry, uncertainty, time, money, 
resources, etc., did not hold me back. How would I live my life? This has to come from an empowered place, a, a choice that you're making about who you are and what makes you feel alive. That's another reflection too, is what makes you come alive? What can you do that help you talk? You can talk for hours. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. It gets you into a flow state. And then asking yourself, are you living that inner world externally? Are you living that in your life? Another helpful reflection for optimal living is what habits and routines do you enjoy, but that you can't seem to stick to? And then asking yourself, what's truly holding you back from doing what you love on a daily basis, from painting, from hugging trees, from writing poetry, from starting on the book that you've always wanted to write? What are the habits and routines and practices that you enjoy but you're not sticking to and figure out what's um, holding you back there, get to the root of it. One thing you can do that's helpful for this is just doing a lifestyle inventory, looking at all areas of your life and reflecting where am I giving away energy to things that don't nourish me. Optimal living is all about you. It's all about who you are as an individual rather than you trying to fit into a box of what a successful life looks like. It's a very important element of feeling nourished. It's something that I've had to work on and work on. I used to live life in the fast lane, trying to fit in, trying to keep up, trying to be, you know, traditionally successful. And all it ever led me to was anxiety, depression, and health issues. Over my journey, I've been exploring, you know, what is the optimal lifestyle? What, what choices do I like to make that bring me vitality, energy, that make me feel like I'm here for a reason and that my life is meaningful? That, to me, is the, the optimal living rather than the, the constant chase and the trying to go faster and meet all the standards. I hope you enjoyed today's episode exploring three more elements of my nourishment framework. For part one, check out episode five, which covers holistic nutrition, emotional health, and embodiment. If you're looking to overcome burnout, reclaim your highest level of health, heal old wounds, and examine the patterns that are holding you back from feeling nourished, I want to invite you to book a session with me. The Nourish Yourself session is a first session you and I are meeting virtually for an hour to really just explore what's nourishing for you as a sensitive person using the nine elements that we've been covering in this series to help you create sort of a personalized healing roadmap for your self-nourishment as a sensitive person. In this hour together, we talk about the struggles you might be having with your health and really kind of weave through what's holding you back from feeling your best and from enjoying the highest level of health that you can enjoy when you take good care of yourself and when you nourish yourself. So if you're interested in booking a Nourish Yourself session with me, you can check out the link in the description of this episode. I hope you have a lovely day. I've really enjoyed exploring this with you and take care. Thank you.